1: Hello?
0: Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data Data from your live streams. So if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out podmetrics.co, once again, that is podmetrics.co, and sign up for free. So whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode one Welcome to On Deck with Stancy. On the show, I want to tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. But before we get to this week's guest, let me give you a bit of a programming note. So... Uh, this week's episode should have been last week's episode But uh, I got sick And I had to self-isolate And my voice just really was on the fritz So I didn't record Intro and extra for this episode With Koji Morales Like Everything else had been recorded I just felt like it would be really irresponsible To just give you that recording Without fixing everything the way I normally do it So I decided to just release the Cholo de la Cruz episode uh, Which had everything already set in stone And, and recorded in the can uh, So yeah, that, that explains why um, there's a bit of a, a weird sequencing order Why I teased a uh, Koji Morales episode And why we're only getting it like two weeks after the fact So my bad, uh, you know, I blame it on the body uh, The good news is we're negative and uh, we're on the mend And that I I should be out of my home quarantine setup in about a few days So probably tomorrow by the time you're listening to this So yeah, uh, everything's good uh, where I'm at And I really hope that everything is good Or as good as it can be where you're at as well Alright, this week's guest is Koji Morales, formerly known as Joe Spinner from his days on Campus Radio, uh, 97.1 WLS-FM. You know, uh, back in the day, I was a huge fan of that radio station, and uh, I I tell Koji this in the interview. He was actually one of the people who legitimately steered me in this direction to fall in love with radio, get in the industry I tell him all about that. I've told him that um, in person as well uh, when we'd first met many years ago. So that's a fun story. He also has uh, some anecdotes about being right in the thick of it back when campus radio was at its peak. He also talks about some of the other things he's done in his career aside from radio, as well as his philosophy in life, especially being a professional in this industry and having people coming at you who don't really Uh, have a very open mind about being stable or you know finding success in this industry he shares some of those insights with me and it's a very very fun conversation with legitimately one of my radio idols so that conversation is coming up in just a bit but before we get to that let me tell you about this documentary series i'm part of called chinese by blood filipino by heart it's produced by Chinoy TV and it's been airing on CNN Philippines since last week. It's also produced and directed by Emmy Award winning filmmaker Mike Karandang, And it's a privilege for me to have this platform to get to talk about these issues about identity and finding our place as Chinese Filipinos or as Chinois, which I've been talking about privately for years. And finally, I've got a platform where I can share my insights And my opinions on this, so I'm really excited for everybody to catch it. The reception for the first episode was great. You can catch it on Sundays at 8 p.m. on CNN Philippines on TV or on cable. And you can live stream it as well on CNNPhilippines.com. And you can catch the replay online on the Chinoy TV Facebook page where they stream the episodes after it airs. So there, go check it out. It's Chinese by blood, Filipino by heart. One more thing I gotta plug before we get to this week's main event. Congratulations once again to Podcast Network Asia for celebrating its second anniversary this month. And, shempre kami kami ba magsi celebrate? Kasama kasamarin kayo mga kapodcast. And that's why we've got our month-long hashtag too good to be two live stream sessions every Friday night. I was actually part of last Friday's stream alongside Ro and many of the podcasters of PNA. And we gave away vouchers from Shore. And we played Kahoot among ourselves as well. And you can be part of the fun every Friday night on Facebook.com slash Podcast Network Asia. We do it at 6.30 p.m. So come next Friday, I think Chino Liao will be part of that, representing both the Class Clown and the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Again, happy, happy second anniversary to Podcast Network Asia. And congratulations to the over 150 podcasts across both the Philippines and... And Indonesia. Alright, time to get to our main event for this week. Here's my conversation with the great Koji Morales. Really excited to get to this special episode of On Deck because if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I am a very huge fan of Campus Radio 97.1 and I'm speaking to one of the voices that I grew up listening to and I dare say he was actually one of the reasons why I ended up getting into radio. The great Koji Morales, station manager of 103.5K Light, is with us here on deck. How's it going, Koji?
1: Hi, Stan. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Very flattered by the words. Thank you very much. And it's great to hear from you, and of course, it's great to be with your viewers, and thank you very much for having me here
0: You know, I'm not sure if you remember this, but back when I was working at Mello, the bar stations would be along the same corridor Mm -hmm. I first met you so many years ago, and I told you the story of how you and John Hendricks actually went to Savior
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah, I remember that, yeah Just to refresh the listeners on that
0: story, 2007, you and John Hendricks went to career day namen over at Savior. You guys gave a career talk. And sobrang sakto because it was about an hour after I had attended the law career talk. And at that law career talk, the speaker was like In law school You will have to read 100 pages a day <laughs> And it's all droll And boring And then you guys Come in an hour later And you just Blow my mind Because the voices That I was listening to On the radio Were playing my favorite songs Were right in front of me Telling me about How fun their jobs were And that was the moment I decided To go into radio And double down on it Okay
1: well, Respect to all the lawyers Out there But yeah That was a fun day Shout out to Jojo Nung I'm not sure if he's still The vice principal I'm time. not sure what his position is now But I know he's still affiliated with Xavier Jojo and I go way back when I was still in campus actually That's when I started diving He was a veterinarian He was the vice principal He was also a dive instructor at the time So well, he still is He taught me how to dive And he's, the, he's an overachiever, what can I say? So shout out to him
0: I didn't know, the <laughs> a connection I was wondering yeah. all this time kung do you invite the Xavier to give that yeah. talk? That's
1: nuts Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, see, si Rico Lagbao, si Chico Garcia was also there. Sabay kami ni Chico nakparol magdive ng time. Na Interesting. Yeah. Jojo talaga may kasalanan yan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned Chico. I would have never linked the two of you together. Mm. I would have never thought that you guys had worked under the same station, but looked at your LinkedIn and found that you were actually part of RX before.
1: Yes, yes, I was. Actually, I first cut my teeth in LS as an air check, uh, as a student DJ, the campus air check radio program. I'm sure John mentioned that also. That was back in 1992 when I was still in college. I was still a uh, wide-eyed college boy at the time. I had a friend. This na <laughs> yeah, I was looking up architecture at the time. I was in my fourth year of architecture, fifth year, I think. And then a friend of mine from way back grade school, palang best friend, ko to, si Richard Morales, invited me to basically accompany him to the auditions for Campus Air Check. That was the second batch of Campus Air Check. So we went there to GMA, and then we lined up. We got our chances to get audition. My audition master was the mole at the time, the Manny Saklang. He was uh, basically the guy who interviewed me, and we had a nice conversation and got me in. He checked me for Campus Air Check. Unfortunately, my friend didn't make it through the auditions, but right now he's a doctor, so I guess we're even. So he's, <laughs> he's doing okay. After that, that's when I got very easygoing guy. We started off a conversation while we were waiting to be recorded in the recording booth, and then that conversation just sparked into a really good friendship. We were really talking endlessly after that. And we always stuck together for campus air check. We usually hung out. We hung out at Seven Eleven, had really good chili dogs there. <laughs> And then we shared jokes and we were making a lot of noise at the time. We were doing an individual board work when we were student DJs, which was kind of, you know, I'm sure your this also stand that, you know, when you're first boarding, it's yeah. scary as shit. You're, you're sitting there and all these controls and dials and you don't know what to do with them. And then the music timers slowly counting down to zero and then you're almost in a panic as to what mm-hmm. to do next. And then you try to remember what they taught you during the training. So we had a couple of those. And then there was one time that John and I asked Jimmy Jam, because he was looking after us at the time, for it was his board work. So it was our turn to board. We were supposed to board one after the other. But we asked Jimmy if we could just combine our board works into one two-hour show. What me and John did is we boarded together side by side. So we were standing right behind the console, and then we were both like putting in the songs, and we were both talking to each other. We were bantering at the time. So it was fun. It was really, that's what I really enjoyed. That was the first time I enjoyed really going on the air. Yeah, yeah th- and- those
0: are the stories that I wish I had. Uh, as in, like, <laughs> being in AirCheck because, you know, growing up as a campus radio listener, that's all I ever wanted out of my radio life as a student, to mm-hmm. be part of AirCheck. And I, I told myself that the moment I'd graduate from Savior, I would audition for AirCheck. Of course, that would never happen because Campus Radio <laughs> reformatted by the time I hit senior year. So I, I never got that chance to learn from you guys. But, you know, to now have this experience to talk to you guys on a podcast and to hear your origin stories is incredibly <laughs> fascinating. I've got to ask where the name Joe Spinner came from because when I met you, Koji Morales, is that the real name? Like, where does Joe Spinner come from?
1: The name came with, with Campus Radio. Well, coming off from what the banter board work with that we did. Jimmy Jam got into trouble, by the way, for it. So <laughs> thanks a lot, Jimmy. For the record, thank you and sorry. From there, for each batch, there can only be one person who gets in. That time, it was John. John was already... And yeah, from the get-go, John was already campus radio material. What happened is he got in. And then after a while, well, of course, I was still studying at the time. So I was just focusing on school. And then my girlfriend then had a friend from another radio station and then got to meet the guy. His name was Dylan DeVito. He was the guy from basically the morning jock for Rx at the time. Fast forward to that. Basically, Dylan got me into Rx. That's where I first got my first air name was actually Koji Morales from the very beginning. It was Koji Morales. Okay. And then I stayed in Rx for about four years. And then by the time I left, I was already owned. I so, was even doing production at the time. After that, I met up with John, and then he said, hey, there, we're going 24 hours pretty soon. At the time, Campus Radio was up to 12 midnight. John said, hey, why don't you come back? I'll talk to Fred. So he talked to Fred James, who was the station manager at the time for Campus Radio, and then recommended me, and basically I got into Campus Radio then. At the time, all the jingles, all the DJs had their own jingles or had their own ID's. Campus Radio, on Campus Radio, it's John Hendricks. They already had those produced in the States. They already had a set of those. They had two extra names that they made just in case they get new DJs. Those names were already set in stone, so to speak. Joe Spinner, the other one was Tony Candy. Fred just said, okay, you're Joe Spinner. (laughs) There, that's, that's basically how I started as Joe Spinner. But first, when I was boarding... A lot of people are asking, hey, you sound like Uji Morales. Wala niyan, wala niyan. At the time, we were Campus Radio was a mix of all well, the vernacular reaching as wide an audience as possible. So we were At the time, Mike Enriquez was imposing that then. Okay. He was already the president of RGM at the time. So he's saying, you must speak Tagalog. We're all using the local vernacular at the time. <laughs> so that's when I started using Joe Spinner for my entire stay capital. That was 11 great years, wonderful years.
0: Would people call you up as in live on air and then ask if you were Koji Morales? Was that how it was? Yes,
1: actually, that was live. I had a couple of listeners start that after a couple of weeks. But I that's when I started off the live because they remembered my voice from rx 5. How many time
0: slots did you cycle through throughout your 11 years on campus?
1: Campus, I started off Kemper Graveyard because it had just continued on to 24 hours from 12 midnight It signed off at 5 a.m. I was a graveyard guy for the longest time. Seven years in graveyard. Damn, that's a long time. Seven years. Because when you talk about campus radio, these guys are ultra professionals and the listeners are ultra loyal. Every time slot, ng listener So a pattern had already been set in the programming. Everybody was used to listening to John Hendrickson in the morning, mm-hmm. listening to Trigger Man around 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. listening to Fred James shortly after Trigger Man and then Master T, Jimmy Jammed at Master T or vice versa, and then Danny R and then me. It was usually that. For a while, my slot was from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And then 2 a.m., it was continuous music till 5 a.m. till the sign-up. Interesting. Yeah. So
0: given that time slot, you had to have a day job, right? What else did you do aside from the graveyard shift?
1: Like I said, I took up architecture. And you would think I would continue on in architecture, but no. <laughs> okay. I actually moved on to a parallel course to radio, which was voicing. Started off doing voiceovers for commercials for time. After a while, I did dubbing. I was around 98. 1998, I started dubbing Ever since I got into dubbing, I did all these dubbing projects Up to now, that's what it's still my other vocation
0: so, Are these like you mga Tagalog anime? Because when John Hendrix was on the podcast yeah. He blew my mind when he told me <laughs> that he was the voice of Kogoro Mori on Detective yeah. Conan So Detective what Conan. iconic roles did you get to take on?
1: I don't know that if you would remember these But back when I started off, I did a couple of anime roles Some of them were Bioman-like action series I did really interesting animes when I started off. I'm still trying to remember that name, but I'll get back to I'll circle back to that. But anyway, and then I also did telenovelas. Okay. I voiced some members of Meteor Garden. I even did a full. Wait, like- which one? There was this one series that was basically mimicking Slam Dunk. This was I- the one that featured
0: five five six six, that other Taiwanese yeah. band.
1: I was the voice of Tuan Chung Fong, who was basically, forgot his name. for. Holy shit, this character. is blowing my
0: mind because <laughs> I watched
1: that show too. And I was also into yeah. F45566, 5, 5, 6, 6, those guys. Yeah. yeah. Basically, in that series, he was a rich kid who got into basketball, put on the team, and then everybody didn't like him because he was the rich kid. Right. That was my character there. And then I did the GB version of Gundam. There was this anime series, also in Tagalog. These were for GMA. Yes, my Primarily MVP yeah.
0: Valentine. That's the name. Yeah, of the, that's the one. That that's teleseries. the one. Right, yeah. right. These mm-hmm. projects that people like you and John Hendricks did mm-hmm. in Tagalog yeah. ADR for. Lahat nito puro GMA projects because you guys were mostly, GMA talents, mostly, right? were.
1: mostly were. But I did projects also outside of GMA. I did some for the competitor also, CBS, CBN.
0: Yeah, because Meteor Garden did... aired on ABS.
1: Yeah, yeah. There were also other series. Some were actually up to the early 2000s. We were starting to do series for cable. Mm-hmm. we did some for disney actually sorry i'm really bad with trying to remember all the names of the series i did fairy tale also for uh-huh. animax we did yeah, some projects I remember for animax. Animax. yeah yeah For fairy tale i was grateful buster the arch nemesis of natsu gray <laughs> i was also gosh there's so many account actually i'm right now i'm doing telenovelas for cable dubbing has been such an integral part of my career but so, like it's taught me a lot how to write how to single out a lot of character how to identify a character, how to make that character believable. That's basically what I learned from dubbing.
0: So, I mean, really, the fact it, that you're <laughs> having a hard time going through that mental Rolodex of characters long tells it's, me it's, that it's a, it's, yeah, it, it's it's a, a huge-ass Rolodex. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it says a lot about how far your career has come in terms of dubbing and voice work. Just to share with you, I guess I'm waiting until I stumble upon somebody who did the Tagalog dub for <laughs> Slam Dunk. That's my personal holy grail To find someone who's okay. on the Tagalog voice cast Apparently right. neither you nor John are on that cast So the
1: search continues But I can point you in the right direction Let's talk off after this okay? Yes,
0: please, <laughs> please, please. There you go yeah. That'd be super helpful Let's take it back to radio mm-hmm. And you go on to have this career You go through RX And you go to campus radio And mm-hmm. you have this architecture degree Did your parents ever try to tell you To go back to architecture Or to steer you back in that direction? Because the main culture At in the Philippines Is mm-hmm. you have to have this stereotypical 9 to 5 <laughs> You have yeah, to be yeah. like a licensed professional And all that yeah. stuff right? Did that ever happen
1: for you? My dad died when I was in high school It was our mom who was taking care of us all the way My mom was born in Galicia in Spain. She basically acclimatized here. She became Filipino, single-handedly raised four boys. I was the youngest of those four boys. She was always telling us to work hard, but to do what you want to do, to do what you love to do the most. If you're working and you don't love what you're doing, you're not enjoying, you're not making the most out of your career. Even though I was practically finished with architecture, my mom told me, if you're already working, then that's the point that's the point of working. You're making a living. A career wasn't such a big deal with my mom. It was more of to just be working, to right. not bum around. That was most important for my mom. She was very supportive. And then she became my number one fan. She would always like, back in RX, I got lucky enough to be one of the poster boys. Got into magazines like Glitter Magazine, like Jingle. We got interviewed. We got our pictures in the magazine, sometimes in the newspapers. So my mom was the first one to get excited. To, oh, you see, you see. And she kept all the copies of, of whatever we got in. Yeah, she was very supportive. When I concentrated on radio instead of architecture, my goal was really to make the most of it from the very beginning because it has to be worth something right? to get into. And I have to put my heart into it. That's what my mom taught me. Put your heart into everything that you do. And I can tell now, yeah, it
0: always comes in handy about having 100% support from the family hmm. instead of having someone like get on your shoulder well, and be like, you know... Oh, you have an architecture degree. Why not start a firm or whatever?
1: I've been asked. I've been asked about that. I've been in relationships where they question whether I was in a stable job. I've had parents ask me whose daughters I was dating at the time. Are you sure about this guy? He's he's not exactly in a stable job. I've had people who've questioned basically look down on the career itself. You can't please everyone. Right. But the most important person that you should please is yourself.
0: I want to go back to Campus Radio and ask about Mm. some really fun stories that you may have that listeners might not even know have happened. Like stories involving you and the other jocks or like stories Mm. about just being in the booth in that legendary space.
1: If only those walls could talk right now. It's like you'd hear a lot of stories. Me being in the graveyard shift, I had some of the weirdest ones. Some scary because it's like an old building. Things suddenly creaked. (laughs) <laughs> so you suddenly hear doors slamming. During the time when I was doing graveyard, that section of the building, that particular floor, it was on the mezzanine. Nobody else was in there. I hey, was tech? oula, oula. Wow. The techs were downstairs in Double B. Double B was situated near the entrance of the building itself. So we were on the mezzanine and on that floor, voila. <laughs> I was the only guy. So if I needed technical assistance, I had to run down to DZ Double B. The weirdest situation I've had, we'd have a lot of events outside this campus radio during some of the events. Some of the listeners I've had one or two listeners who will walk in after the events, obviously drunk or, uh-huh. you know, it's like, and then it's like, okay, hi. I've had one, a female listener walk in shit, fuck drunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she goes in front of my on board and then wearing my headphones, I see her. Yes. I go like that. And then she starts dancing to whatever was playing at the time. So it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then I see through the corridor uh, one of the PAs at the time. He's, he's like rushing, "Where is she? Where is she?" And then, she goes, and then he sees her inside the booth dancing, and he slowly just puts his arm around and then slowly ushers her outside. Uh, soria, Soria, because <laughs> she was in a stage of undress already at the time, so it's well, like <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a different live show during yeah, your own live show, surprise li- live show.
0: Before we get back to this week's interview, let me take another moment to say hi and big thanks to everybody over at Kumu. And if for whatever reason you're still living under a rock and you've never heard of Kumu, they're a Pinoy live streaming app where you can connect with Filipino streamers and celebrities. I was going to say like myself, but I'm more of a streamer and not a celebrity. But I'm on Kumu, so you can connect with me over there. Yeah? (laughs) So anyway, you can use the link in my description to follow some Kumu streamers. And yes, I am one of them on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. So follow us over there on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. What were the memorable segments that you got to be a part of on Campus Radio? Because when yeah. I was talking to John, I was asking him about Infopop. That was mm. the segment that to me as a radio fan and then later as a radio DJ, it really mm-hmm. And it was something mm-hmm. I tried to carry with me. So like yeah. for you, what were the segments that really mattered the most to you from the Campus Radio days?
1: For me, it wasn't more on segments. It was more of, for example, Campus Air Check when it was brought back. When me and John were there. When Campus Air Check came back in the early 2000s, Me and John basically helped put it together. It was really fun teaching the kids in Campus Air Check. It was a privilege having to share my knowledge, our knowledge, with the next generation of now broadcasters also. A lot of them are in the industry also, so that was a privilege. I also had the opportunity, I think the best, the most fun I've had on air was when I was doing interviews for various artists. I got to interview James Ingram, I got to interview the Nelson Twins, at the time so it's like pretty much 90s uh, icons when they were visiting here for concerts i got to interview them and it's always nice to hear those little backstories from when you do an interview and then it's always nice to get a good reaction from interviewee like for example from james ingram he was surprised that i knew a lot about his backstory so i did one thing we were taught in campus radio was to always do our research when Mm -hmm. you do an interview know who you're talking to, know what to ask. So the research part of every interview was always fun and finding out those little tidbits. And then when you throw it uh, in the direction of the interviewee and they get surprised that you know about it. That's a great feeling. So when James was like, damn, you know your shit, man. <laughs> so I said that on the air. It was a good thing I was like 11 o'clock in the evening. So it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> That was probably the best portions, I guess, I could say experience in campus radio. Also, whenever I got to talk to a listener live on the air and I get a reaction that's really genuinely excited, mm-hmm. be it a contest, be it you're, you're just calling up and then asking how they're doing. It's really fun talking to people on the
0: air. I want to ask about February 14, 2007.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my 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 philo facts here. <laughs> Let me strap okay. in.
0: Let's talk about that day in radio history. I remember just tuning in on that day. I thought it was just like your regular old Wednesday mm. or whatever the hell it was, and all of a sudden, ina you know, tagalog na yung mga breakers, yes. iba na yung music. <laughs> so where were you on that day, or where were you when they had made the decision to pivot and become Barangay LS?
1: Well, we were there, right dab, smack in the middle of it. I'm sure John told you his stories that he became uh, Johnny Baby. Yes. We were all made to morph into other personas for this new format. Mike Enriquez, at the time, was spearheading this entire <laughs> shenanigan. <laughs> Takes one look at me. <laughs> 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 That's basically what I was doing. Props to the guys in the master stations for being able to pull that out. That stuff drains the shit out of you. Being, you know, always having to be funny, sound funny, always having to be lively. Almost all your adlibs are like you're shouting. Yeah. So it like <laughs> it's a different level of doing your board work. It was fun. I have to admit, I enjoyed myself being a totally overboard character for that format. But yeah, it was a fun experience. That's what I could say.
0: How did you adjust to being Boy tisoy? Because as Joe Spinner, oh. iba yung presentation yeah, yeah, mo. Sure. Uh, RX as Koji Morales, iba a yung presentation. Mm, yes, then you have to correct. be Boy tisoy. So how did you change and adapt your board work to become Boy tisoy?
1: You basically—it was like giving birth <laughs> to a new character. <laughs> Fortunately, at the time, I was already doing, I was in, into dubbing, so I already knew characterization. I already knew how to, how to put yourself into a character. That's what I did to help me adjust. I took it from the dubbing perspective that you are not you. You are the character. So just get into the character. That's what helped. But like I said, it was very exhausting because yeah. we were talking out of the box, overboard. We had to do jokes, so we had to present them in a very joke-time manner. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I adapted. I basically just used uh, the dubbing as my medium.
0: How long did you last there as Boitisoy?
1: We all didn't last very long, to be honest. <laughs> we started off February by, I'm guessing 10 months, 10 months later. We were told that campus radio would be languishing in fourth place on the Nielsen. The surveys at the time for radio, for those who don't know, radio is usually measured by the Nielsen or the rating system. So you have Nielsen or another survey giving body monitoring you and then basically asking households what stations they listen to. So in that survey, we were at number four overall. Take note of that. Huh? Overall, on the top 25 stations of Metro Manila, we were at number four. They said that we would be languishing at number four for the rest of our existence as campus radio. Okay. They said that's what they used to justify the move to uh-huh. Massa. But as campus radio, we were at number one consistently number one of the all-people market. There were no demographics. There were no specific social economic classes in that survey, the all-people survey. So we were number one for a long period of time, and we dipped from number one to number four periodically. So that was normal. After that, 10 months later, we were told, no, it's not going to work. We need the guys from the province to move in. That was the excuse that was used. That's how we got replaced. We were out of campus radio, out of jobs, basically, yeah, By almost the end of the year
0: When I was new in radio I'd mm. met people who had either Trained at Campus Radio Or had uh-huh. worked with Campus Radio Or its personalities at some point And mm. they'd shared stories about Campus Radio people Walking into the station To find out Now, wala na Was that something yes. that actually happened?
1: Yes <laughs> Oh <laughs> shit uh, It was a meeting, basically They brought us to a meeting It was a normal meeting like any other And then we were told Hey, by the way This is your last day Fuck <laughs> fuck hell yeah exactly. how do you process that <laughs> you don't <laughs> how do you process that you can't you know it's like you're there already oh and by the way this is the best part would you like to meet your replacements oh shit <laughs> and then we were going, no 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 and then no 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 let's bring them in so they brought our replacements in front of us which I think was kind of that's fucked up man <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk to most of the juniors at the time the guys from campus air check uh, the ones that we trained I explained to them that that happens. Stations, reformat; The job is there, so as long as the format is there. Sometimes these things are not in your control. The best thing to do is make the most of what you have when you're doing it. At the end of it, you have no regrets. So that's the most important thing. So after that, we eventually were able to find home temporarily in 99.5 RT. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was Hit FM, and then again, they were reformatting. We were the ones this time that were brought in. We were at the other side of the coin also when we got in. We were hoping to bring the campus radio format there, but it was met with resistance, to be very honest. The group was also removed from RT at the time. It was less than three months.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
1: And then they reformatted again to RT. But the the good thing that came out of that, for me personally, I got absorbed into RT because they knew me as Hoji Morales. And I was able to work with some of the people there. When we were given our walking papers again in RT, I got to talk to the vice president of sales who was apologizing to me. I was gathering my files from a computer Mm -hmm. and then he walks up to me and says, He was very, you know, even though he was the guy who had no reason to apologize to me, he did. So I said, no, no, you don't have to apologize. These things happen. So I, I told him that. Shortly after that, I got a call also to be part of the new RT. And then that's... How I ended up in RT as 99.5 RT DJ. That was another privilege to be part of that station, 99.5 RT. It lasted for a good number of years, around three or four years, if I'm not mistaken. And then again, it had to reformat again. I was actually the last DJ to board for 99.5 RT. I did the last board work. I said the last goodbyes for RT. That was a privilege for me. And then I played the last song for 99.5 RT. I think it was Kings and Queens by Jared Leto, the Jared Leto. Yeah,
0: band. 30 Seconds to Mars.
1: There you go. And then after that, I was part of the creative team. I was absorbed again as the creative team for Play FM. Mm-hmm. We conceptualized the brand. I actually came up with the name Play FM because they wanted something that was targeted towards youths. They wanted something that was lively, upbeat, a station that was lively, upbeat, and very now. And then the, the slogan, the station of the new generation we developed that concept this concept we built the entire radio station did the marketing for it put up that station and then it's still up and running today so up to that point i stayed in play fm for about two years and then i was made oic for 103.5 k light and then after that transferred to 103.5 k light after a while i became the station manager yeah it's pretty much uh, <laughs> That's it so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that, that's
0: basically the spark notes yeah. of your post campus radio career. Yeah. I yeah. want to take a step back a bit because, you know, you mentioned 99.5 and 103.5. Mm. You know, these mm. are all part of the same family of stations, right? For our listeners who aren't as familiar. That's true. Yeah. So, Wave, Magic, K Light, Jam, and Play, they're all part of the same company. You mentioned that of all the people from the campus radio iteration of RT, Mm-hmm. So do you have yeah. any idea why that was? part of all the people, you were the only one who sat down
1: <laughs> there. <laughs> my guess is it was, I can't really say for sure, but I guess they liked working with me. Mm-hmm. They used my career as Koji Morales as a reference also for that particular genre and that particular market group. Right. Yes. They needed someone who had experience in that also. So It has a lot to do with trust also, and I thank them very much. I thank Bob Vera for trusting me. With that ever since I started my career there I thank him for that And I thank all the guys in RT, in Play, in k All the guys from Magic, all the other stations, Wave Jam For also accepting me as a professional Thank you for that
0: Last couple of questions as we wind down Did you ever see yourself having a managerial role in radio? Because you get into radio <laughs> yeah. and you're in it to have fun To be a personality, mm. to play music, to mm. do all that fun stuff and yeah. then you mentioned you questions from, let's say, mga parents of women you'd be going out with. About, oh, are you going to have like, a stable <laughs> job and all that? And then suddenly you find yourself having this office uh, job related to radio. So like, was that ever at the back of your mind? I'm going to be a station manager or a program director or whatever.
1: I made a decision that there was a particular point I reached when I said, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to be with this profession, I need to make the most out of it. I have to see how far I can go. There was a lot of concentration on brand building. That's what I really got into. It was a lot of studying markets, studying the listeners' behavior. It was understanding. It was a lot of understanding of what listeners like, what particular listeners like, and how to address that. It was solve, trying make solving that problem of how to address what the listeners want. That became something I dedicated myself to. That was after the move to RT. When the guys left, That was the first time I felt I was alone. Yeah, The guys from Campus Radio were my family. They were practically my family for 11 years, and they still are. And suddenly, I'm yanked away from that group. So it felt, oh, shit, I'm all alone. I have to do this on my own. I have to decide what I'm going to do with myself. That's when I made the decision, though. Yeah, I'm going to make the most.
0: When you were boarding again as Koji Morales, did people Mm -hmm. recognize you as Joe Spinner? Yeah. (laughs) But so did you also see in a patallion?
1: No, no. <laughs> He's out there somewhere. No, actually, Joe Spinner actually came back when I was boarding, I believe I was in I was in Play FM at the time also. It was between Play FM and K Lite that I was asked by the station manager of Magic if I if I could board for Friday Madness at the time. And Friday Madness was heavy on eighties, nineties at the time. Yeah. So it's like, sure, yeah. Because at the time I'd been behind the desk for a couple of <laughs> years, I'd been off the air. Officially So my last real board work Was as Koji Morales When we signed off in RT mm-hmm. 99.5 And then I boarded once or twice On Play FM Just to try out some stuff But when I got invited To do Friday Madness It was like Yeah I get to release Some pent-up energy
0: You know Since you said that It's been a while Since you last Regularly boarded Or actually did a full-fledged Board work Do you miss it?
1: Yeah, of course. You know this also. Once it's in your blood, once you get into radio, it's hard to describe it to anybody else, to anyone who's not in radio. But for everyone who's in radio, they would understand this. That once you get bitten by the radio bug, it's kind of hard to let go of it. Some people are actually great at, at moving on, but some people, it's like, even if you do move on to other things, you look for, you miss it. There was a book that I was reading at the time when I was in Rx. As you mentioned earlier, I was hanging out with Chico Garcia was one of my mentors in RX. Jude Rocha was also one of my mentors. Jake Ventura was a former RT jock who moved to Monster Radio at the time, was also one of my mentors. But particularly Chico Garcia. Chico Garcia lent me a book called The Vampire Lestat. So <laughs> actually it was interview with the vampire. I was reading through the book. There was something parallel about being bitten by a vampire and being bitten by the radio bug.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You never grow out of it. So <laughs> it's like you're a radio vampire all your life. You're
0: bit- I can definitely relate. I've said this on previous episodes of the podcast. Now I haven't mm-hmm. regularly gone on air for you know, because reasons. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. Of course, I don't have as much experience as you do.
1: That's but, like saying I'm
0: old. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm trying not to. I get what you're saying. Now, once you get bitten, like even if it's taken away from you, na panapin mo for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Sometime in the past week, John Hendricks posted a photo on Facebook, and I saw this. It appeared on my feed. There was a stream on Boomer's Banquet, and yes, yeah. I was so surprised to find all of the familiar <laughs> voices I listened to all together on the same call. Jimmy yeah. Jam, yourself, John Hendricks, Triggerman. Oh, wait, I'm not sure if Triggerman is there. Uh, uh, the Boomer's there.
1: Yeah, Triggerman couldn't make it because he had an appointment to attend to, so we wish he was there. How was that like? That was great. Shout out to George Boone. Thank you very much, sir, for inviting us for that. That was like cathartic for us. It's like <laughs> It was great to be there with the likes of The Mole, with the likes of Jimmy Jam, Braggy, of course, George Boone, and, and a couple of the originals from Campus Radio who we never met. Like Sir June, who was like batchmate of our station manager then, Fred James. Great. George Boone is also a contemporary of Fred James, our station manager, and it was great. It was so great to talk to these guys, to listen to their stories. That episode was all about the experience, the shared experience that all campus DJs have about that station. It was a good insight into that. So it was fun. That's all I can say. <laughs>
0: I'm glad I saw it because I wanted to ask somebody who was there about it. But you were like there in real life with these people when campus radio was around, and then you were there on that stream. And for me, having grown up, just being a fan of you guys and what you guys do, it's so cool to me that I get to talk to you on a podcast, and I got to talk to John on a podcast. I got to work with Braggy for six weeks. Yeah, cup of coffee with him. <laughs> I met Hot Mama Maria. She's now a very good friend in real life. So, you know, having met all of these. Wonderful, wonderful voices, yes. and having you guys shape my career, it means a mm-hmm. lot that I get yeah. to have this opportunity to talk shop with you. So, Koji, yeah. thank you so much for being thank you so much. very generous of your time.
1: Yeah. Shout out also to my other batchmates, just to mention just a few, John and I I's batch from Campus Aircheck. You have Delamar, of course, King DJ Logan, Carl Savage, and these guys have been on air. For a long time, so shout out to them and all the batches of Campus Aircheck. Thank you very much for sharing our experience with Campus Radio, sharing our life as DJs. You too, Stan. Of course, thank you to you for continuing carrying on the torch and moving radio to a further length, a further distance. It's nice to see the discipline of radio, the love of radio is still there, and it transcends radio itself.
0: That means a lot, especially coming from you, given what we have, the media we have at our disposal, and you know the pandemic. Uh, yeah. like This is my love letter, basically, to the <laughs> industry, this podcast. So I'm glad that we got to sit down and do this. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Koji. If yeah. our listeners want to get in touch with Koji Morales or find out where Joe Spinner is now, where can they
1: find you? You can just find me on Facebook so far, Koji underscore Morales. I have a Twitter as well, at Koji Morales. And Instagram as well, at Koji Morales. So look me up there. I'll see you guys again soon. Thanks a lot, Stan.
0: Thanks a lot, Koji. Really appreciate it. And you know, I hope we can have a chance to do this yes. again. Maybe I can pick more stories out of you from the campus radio days.
1: You can invite the other guys also. So it's like, yeah. Why be... the fuck not? <laughs> yes. All right.
0: <laughs> Thanks again to Koji Morales for joining me on this week's episode of On Deck. Alright, now that that episode is in the books, I just want to say thank you again to everybody who's been looking forward to every episode that I've put out, all of the comments, all of the shares on Instagram, all of the messages I've been getting. I really appreciate that from every single one of you. So thank you so much for continuing to follow the podcast and continuing to support the projects I've been getting myself into. Now, one of the other ways you can support the podcast is through your online shopping. And this time, let me tell you about how you can help over at Shopee. Now, I know you've got a cart that you've been stacking up with your items and you're waiting for that next big sale. But uh, right as you hit checkout, please take some time out to use my Shopee affiliate link before you click checkout. So go to your mobile phone's browser and just type in tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. That's tinyurl.com slash O-N-D-E-C-K-X-S-H-O-P-E-E. It'll take you straight to the app. And then from there, just click checkout and a portion of what you spend will go to Podcast Network Asia and to me to help keep the lights on at no additional cost to you. So once again, please use my Shopee affiliate link. That's tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. Do it and do it right now. Let me tell you about the other podcasts that I do starting off with the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, which I co-host alongside my friends Romoran and Chino Liao. We do our live streams on Kumu every Thursday night at 7pm. That's at Wrestling Wrestling Pod and it simulcasts on facebook.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast you can follow us on spotify as well and if you're a chinoy and you stumbled onto this podcast you might want to hear our other conversations about growing up chinoy and figuring out our identity on now steaming a chinoy podcast i co-host that alongside the co-creators of so asian comics kimberly mass and cedric cheng we release an episode every thursday it's at now steaming podcast that's where you can follow us on facebook Instagram and on Spotify. As for me, I've got to put this episode in the books. But let me give you a quick teaser of what's definitely coming right up next week. I'm talking to another podcast from PNA's many, many radio DJs on the roster. Her name is Kara Erigel Rabat, and she spent some time on Magic eighty nine point nine and on RX. And now she's the host of After Thirty with Kara Erigel. And we have a very fun conversation about women in the media just owning their age and what that can do for them and women having a safe space where they can talk about their lives and their issues and all that. That's a very fun conversation that you'll get to hear on next week's episode of On Deck. But until then, please stay safe. Only go out when you absolutely need to. Double mask if you can. And if you still haven't gotten vaccinated and you're lined up for a slot, Okay lang, they are still doing vaccinations even during ECQ, so please get your vaccines if you can. Big, big thanks to Babyface Producers Nikai, Sola, and Gel for putting these episodes together. And huge, huge thanks to PNA for allowing me to keep doing what I do best, which is to tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. My name is Stancy, and this week's episode of On Deck is officially done. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Bye-bye.